2: This uh, next guest was pretty good on the court as well, uh, very good, and spent his entire career in Detroit from 1985 to 1999, caused some problems for our Cavaliers, who, by the way, started the season last night falling in Toronto. We go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. It is an honor and pleasure uh, to have the head of basketball operations for the NBA and a guy that used to give the Cavaliers fits. His name is Joe Dumars. Hello, Joe. How are
1: you? Hi, guys how
2: are you doing, Hi, we're, doing we're doing great hey, Joe I, I know I want to talk to you a ton about what's going on in the NBA right now but I just kind of close my eyes and I think to you I think about you playing against the Cavaliers uh during Detroit's heyday and I just I wonder what when you reflect back on your career and you think about playing against the Cavaliers because I mean they kind of when you first came in the league they were still trying to figure it out and then they got pretty good and just I, I know just your thoughts on playing the Cavaliers back in your playing days
1: before before I answer that, what, what was the name of the arena that we used to play in back?
2: Richfield yeah. Coliseum.
1: Richfield, Richfield, yeah. that was it. Yeah. No, so anyway, yeah, it was great. I, look, they were one of the teams, like, there are teams in every sport that were really, really good and never got out across the finish line. And that was the Cavs then. Like, they were tough out, you know, uh, one, one of the most underrated guys of all time. Um was um was with Brad Doherty um, and that whole team, and so it's just it's just I don't know it's just one of those teams that are really really tough to play. Uh, we never took them lightly. We knew we were going to have to play great to beat the Cavs back then. So they're, they're just a great team, Mark Price, all those guys, just just a really really great team back then.
3: Joe, before we get into anything more drastic. I watched you kick Lamar's butt many times at the Beaumont Civic Center when you were playing for Glenn Duhon at D State. Oh, wow. State.
1: <laughs> oh, wow dude. Then Lamar I watched you kick
3: the Cavs' butt. So thanks a lot for all the great memories.
1: <laughs> we have history together. We do. <laughs> we have history, man.
3: <laughs> so um, in your new gig, what do you do? And how is it to have a big picture of the NBA rather than working for a franchise?
1: Yeah, as I've said to people before, when you're on the uh, team side, you you really have a a pretty narrow view of what's most important to you. And if it doesn't affect your team, it it, it really is secondary to you. And so when you're on the team side, you know, you're concerned about your players, your coaches, your staff, whether you want to lose your organization, that's, that's your full focus. And and that's and that's what you're going to need uh to be really good. You got to be all in 24/7 on what's best for your franchise. When you're sitting in a seat like this, guys, you really do have to take a global view of the entire league and what's going on around the league and and and, and trends that are popping up or issues that are popping up. So so you you're overseeing everything that's happening with the league on the court, off the court. You 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 just have to be uh, on top of everything that's happened, as opposed to just what's going on with your particular team,
2: Joe. As you look at the beginning of the season here, like what are the the big topics that are sitting on your desk that you're keeping your eye on, and you want to make sure that you know things are executed the way they need to be executed?
1: So a couple of things: rule changes that we put in this year is transition take foul, where guys were just grabbing guys. You know, seventeen hundred plays last year that were transition take foul. Seventeen hundred that that's a lot and you know it was just boom stopping the fast break because guys didn't want to run back or for whatever reason and uh so we we changed that rule where you know if you do that now it's it's a free throw and the ball out of bounds um and the second thing was the um the, the bench um the bench decorum really just just guys standing basically on the court it was just getting a little bit out of control guys have always kind of stood during the games but uh, what happened last year was it got to the point where guys were standing for 48 minutes and then half the guys were on the court. So we've kind of emphasized like, look, you, you, you can't be on the court. You know, you guys are tripping over your feet. Guys are spraining their ankles. Referees are running into guys. Uh, fans can't really see sitting behind you. And so we, we, we kind of changed those rules, guys. Uh, those are the, the two things that from my perspective, I'm looking at games. I'm looking at the sideline, I'm looking at what's happening with transition take files. So, I you know, I was at the game last night here in New York, um, New Orleans at Brooklyn. And I'm you know, I'm watching the game but I'm also watching the bench and I'm watching the referees to see what's happened with with them with transition take fouls. So it, 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 this is what I'm talking about. You're not normally I'm at a game and I'm just worried about my team. You know, right. did we win now you're looking at all kinds of other stuff now uh that comes with this role.
3: Joe Dumar is joining us head of basketball operations for the NBA. Of course we know him here in Cleveland as the guy who tormented the Cavaliers as a member of the Pistons. And you did it in a backcourt with Isaiah Thomas, Joe, that I, if if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm thinking I wonder if Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell can be a combination like Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars were for years. Because you guys are about the same height all the way around. Was that a challenge? You know, having you and Isaiah, you were about like 6'3", Isaiah's about 6'1". Mm-hmm. And, and that's about what, what Donovan and Darius are. Both you and Isaiah could really handle the ball, pass the ball. Donovan, Darius, the same kind of situation. Is that a, an interesting comparison? They have a long ways to go, obviously. But is that a comparison that might have some some carry to it?
1: Really, really, really good young backcourt. and Yeah, I, I think it's, it's very fair uh, to make that comparison. Those guys are really good. I, I like that backcourt. I like both of those young players. Uh, I like that both of them can handle the ball. Both of them can attack. Both can initiate the offense. Both can get on a roll and and drop 30. You know that they have a really good. I like the team. I like the. I really like the backcourt, and I like the team as well. So uh, they have a really good team. But yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. And uh, someone asked me that the other day, uh, what young backcourt do you like that maybe you compare? And I said that I said the Cleveland backcourt. So that it's a very fair comparison.
2: What's your general state of the league right now? I think that I mean it. You know, when we had LeBron, it was fun, but the East was kind of you know it felt like LeBron and kind of the rest of the East. And what what, you know, what could they do better? But I I think the competitive balance right now is as good as it's been in a long time.
1: Okay, so guys, think about this. And I've said this before. Look at the East. Look at the West. I was at the game last night saying this. Like, if if someone said that New Orleans got to the conference finals, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. I think that you can say that about at least six teams on both sides of the aisle, that if they got to the, if Cleveland got to the conference finals, I wouldn't sit here and say, Oh my God, I'm shocked. I don't think anybody would. You look at Cleveland, they got a good young team. They're on the rise. They get on the run. They win two playoff series and they're in the conference finals. When you have, I, I, I've not seen it like this. Isaiah and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I haven't seen this in a long time where you have a half dozen teams on both sides of the aisle that could be, get deep into the playoffs and no one would be shocked, that, that, that's that's the epitome of a of, of balance. Uh, of, of, you, know, you know what I'm saying, guys? Like, it, yeah. I, I just don't normally see where a half dozen – usually you got two or three teams on each side that you say, oh, it's going to be one of those two or three teams. I don't think you can say that now.
3: Joe, is the league concerned at all about the way that the three-point shot has become – you know, it, it seems to be layup or three-pointer. The mid-range game that you were so good at it is not accentuated as much as it was. Is the three out of control, or is the three being embraced?
1: I, I think that you still need a balanced offense to win. And if you look, e- even with a team like Golden State, guys, Jeff is driving and, and taking mid-range. It's not like he's taking 23s a game. It's, it, it's not like Clay is taking to it. Those guys are coming off of curls and, and pulling up and shooting. Uh, Wiggins is, you know, he's taking mid-range shots as well. The same thing with Jordan Poole. They're not just taking threes. I think if you're going to win, if you're Milwaukee, if you're any of these guys, if you think about it, guys, the best players in the league are great mid-range shooters. Durant, mm-hmm. uh, Luka Doncic, like all these guys, uh, um, Giannis, all these guys, they drive, they pull up, and they, and they make their buckets. Chris Paul, if you, you just go down the line and you think about all the great players in this league, all of them are great mid-range shooters. So I, I think this idea that you can just come out and shoot 53s every night and win, I think it's a fallacy. I think when you look at really good teams and you see them going deep into the playoffs, it's not because they are shooting fifty threes a game, it's because they got guys who can score from anywhere on the court. And if you think that you're just gonna shoot fifty and win, fifty threes and win, I, I I think you're mistaken. I think you better be balanced if you're gonna win in this league.
3: Let me go back to what Andy talked about, you know, with the balance in the league. Joe, I, I think mm-hmm. it's awesome that they're I mean, tell me who the favorite is in the Eastern Conference. Probably five, six teams you might be able to throw out there. Who's the favorite that's in the West? I'm, Probably the same kind of deal. Saying? It's awesome. I
1: think Think about it. I mean, when you start to look at it and think about it, you go, okay, it could be any one of these five or six teams here. And so I, I think that's I think it's good for the league when you can't sit there and just know at yep. the end of the year it's just going to be these two teams. Like you don't know who's going to be in the finals this year. You don't even know who's going to be in the conference finals this year. That, that that's how that's how balanced it is now.
2: Um, Joe, last question for me. I'm just curious your thoughts on the age limit and where we're going with this thing. Because you know, you, can, you if you Google it, you're just like, oh, maybe 18, maybe not. Are we going to stay at 19, 18, 19? Where do you think we're going to go? And then, uh, and more so, what, what what are the pitfalls for an 18 year old trying to play in the NBA?
1: Well, I mean, the adjustment, you know, coming straight from high school to professional, obviously that's that's a major adjustment. I don't care who you are, I don't care how good you are on the court. It's still a major life adjustment for you. But, look, we've seen it happen in the past, and, we, and obviously you guys, Cleveland, saw it uh, at its height with, with LeBron there. And so it can work, um, but it's not for everybody. And if we go back to it, you know, I just I would hope that people would make good decisions because they have options now. They have options to go to college or to go to the G League or uh, uh, overtime league or whatever. It's not like just NBA or or, or college. Like you have different avenues right now so I, I think it's I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good we've seen it happen before we've seen we've seen it not work out for some guys I, I don't know I think it's I, I think it's um I think there's a good chance that it can happen but but I'm not sure yet you know that has to be voted on by like players Association and the NBA I mean it's got to be ratified so it, it's more than just hey yeah let's just open it up to 18 it's a whole lot of conversations back and forth guys
2: all right, I lied. One more quick question for you. The the, <laughs> the guys from TNT got a new deal this week. And, um, you know, for us, I think, you know, we, we've been lucky enough to, to – because LeBron was so good and we were seeing those guys all the time. How important do you right. think it is to the league to make sure that, that that group of entertainers sticks around talking about your game? Because I I, I watch them and, I, I you know, as important as the guys are on the court, I think the way those guys present the game and make the game fun for everybody is just – I think it's important for the NBA. I'm just curious your thoughts about the the TNT deal that went down this week.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, those guys are great. They're great for the games. They're they're contemporaries of mine. I uh, I watch those guys as well. They make you're, you're absolutely right. They, they they make it fun to watch the game, and I think that's what it should be. I don't think it should be so serious until you don't have fun. They make it fun, and and you, you enjoy it. You laugh. And that's what it's supposed to be. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I think it's absolutely awesome that those guys are, are staying together.
2: Joe, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. A lot more fun talking to you than watching okay. you beat our Cavaliers <laughs> and, no, and ruining my, chi- my childhood and my college days. Thanks, man. I
3: appreciate you guys. <laughs> appreciate you, Paul. Thanks, fellas. Joe. Joe, thank All you.
2: Time. Best of luck with the new gig, too.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever